He's the Steelers Standard on State Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Well, the draft has now been two weeks in the books, but your Pittsburgh Steelers still have a couple of holes that they might need to address before things really get ratcheted up at Latrobe for training camp and the 2022 season is officially underway. But before we get into that, some news from this draft class as the players have chosen their numbers for the upcoming season. Seven new Pittsburgh Steelers, seven new numbers have been chosen. We'll just go down the list and read them Give off. Our thoughts. Chris yeah. Oladukin, pick number five. Kenny Pickett, pick number eight. Love that one. George Pickens with number 14. That's a cool number for a wide receiver, although the last time a Steeler had number 14 at wide receiver, that I remember at least, didn't work out too well. The last two. Who was the second one? Well, I'm thinking Sammy Coates. I'm thinking Lima Sweet. And Lima Sweet. <laughs> Lima Sweet was the first one that came to mind. Sammy Coates did better than Lima Sweet. We'll give Still, him a there were some drops. I mean, they both had the case of the drops. Pickens hopefully can buck the trend that has been associated with that number at the position. I have a position. good feeling about Pickens. I have a good feeling about Pickens, too. Calvin Austin the third has chosen Juju's number Uh-oh. at number 19. Uh-oh, drama. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Always in the wide receiver room Hopefully is the drama. Hopefully he can make people forget about the old number 19 very, very quickly with his play this year. 83 goes to Connor Hayward. Interesting number choice. That is... Signifying he's going to be a tight end, right? I mean... Yeah, that's that's the most tantalizing storyline I think we have of all you can't ever find out anything about a player based on what number he chooses except for in this situation because even though they said he was going to be a tight end when he got drafted and he's not going to be a fullback I still was saying to myself he played a lot of fullback in college so I don't really see why but this is confirming pretty much that he'll be he's going to be a tight end at number 83 plus a good number to have yeah number 93 goes to Mark Robinson and number 98 goes to DeMarvin Leal. Love that. Number 98. Yeah, big, big snack. snack to Vince Williams to DeMarvin. To DeMarvin Leal yeah. now. So those I are like your, that handoff. Those are new numbers, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. If you want to grab any jerseys, I'm sure. I know for a fact you can get your Kenny Pickett jerseys at the Steelers Pro Shop. Those are all over the place. But you can always customize a jersey, too, on these website these days. And now you know what numbers go with what name for the back of those jerseys. And, you, you know... There's nothing really to analyze about numbers other than just to break the news that we are at the beginning of the show, but there is something that tickles me about Pickett getting to wear the number eight again. Why is that? I just, I like it when you have the symmetry from college to the pros as far as the number is concerned. I I, I think that that just, I, I don't know, it just tickles me a little bit. Like, I don't like it when someone's one number in college and then they have to switch to the pros and become a completely different number. Like... And it used to be a lot more often whenever, you know, you didn't have the flexibility at numbers at the pros. Like, the big Reggie Bush used to wear number five at USC. You couldn't wear number five when you got into the pros. So but now you, now you can. Now it's have changed, yeah. But, yeah, I just I like it when you have that, I don't know, that kind of symmetry. And now your pit jerseys that have number eight on it are extra, you know, just as, as applicable at Steeler games now because he's the same number. Well, for those who really did a deep dive in – Bought a Miami jersey for Big Ben. We're able to do the same thing. Number seven. Because he kept number seven throughout his college and pro career. Looks like some pretty good signs there. A little symmetry as far as those two are concerned. I like it. Do you have any uh, 
Before we move on, do you have any reservations about Oladokun taking the legendary number of the once great Josh Dobbs? (laughs) There are just so many great number fives on this team. Great number fives. No, I I don't think... I don't think the the legend will be too upset with Oladokun <laughs> being added to that list. So there's your numbers again, Oladokun, 5, Pickett, 8, Pickens, 14, Austin, the third, 19, 83 goes to Hayward, 93 goes to Mark Robinson, and Leal takes number 98. How about this, though? Next step, getting these guys signed. Go ahead. It used to be with Plex and Hines and Emmanuel Sanders and A.B., we used to have all of our receivers be in the 80s, right? 86, yeah, yeah, you 88, have to. You used 84. To have to, and then they've opened up a little bit for the 10s through 19s. 80 for Plex. Now we're it's all it's all teens. We have well, 11 is technically a teen, but 11, 14, 19, 18. I'm trying to think if because Anthony Miller, I think, is 17. Is Gunner an 80s? I think Gunner was in the 80s at New England. So since there's so many open 80s in, in yeah, Pittsburgh, yeah, you got you got 10 to pick from. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, I, I guess less than one because Connor Hayward three. You know what I just realized? Connor Hayward. Those are some big shoes in number eighty three at the tight end. You didn't realize spot. that. Realize That's that. why I said it's yeah. it adds to the, That's the a big story to of fill. he'll be a tight end. That's He's a pretty now, big number right there at because that spot. Do you remember the last person eighty three? Uh, it wasn't Heath, but who had it after Heath? I don't. I'm blanking on it. It's going to be Kobe some Hamilton. Yeah, I knew it was going to be some scrubby. Yeah, player. just some guy who was barely on the team, but. This is now returning. This number is returning to the tight end room. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. And since we have been, you know, every single number talking about past players, except for this one, I'll just throw Mark Robinson, 93, snagging that Joe Schobert number. You got to love that. Joe Schobert. I'm trying to think who else. <laughs> I don't know. Who He's cares? in 93. Who cares? All right. Let's move on. Draft's over, sure. but there's still some holes I think that the Steelers need to address and there was some news that happened in the NFL that kind of made me do the dog head tilt and go, huh? And that's we the, love that dog. The Giants cutting James Bradbury, a guy that they have yep. been trying to trade for a while now, have not been able to find a trade partner uh, to make a deal happen. So they just said, you know what, screw it, James. We don't want you on our team anymore. You're cut. So now he's open. He's out on the the open market to be signed by any team. And I'm not saying that the Steelers would. For sure, I'm not going to make a prediction that you know in the next couple of days you're going to see Bradbury in a Steelers uniform, but. It's certainly something that makes you a little interested in that move because I think cornerback is still one of the spots that you can look at and say, this team could use some help there. They didn't get one in the draft. Right. So, that was where I was yeah. going to go. Is that was a, a big target for a lot of people predicting where the Steelers would, would go in not just the early rounds, but maybe even the mid rounds. And they kind of just went the other direction. Yeah, James Bradbury, according to Spot Tracks, market value is going to be sitting around twelve point one average annual salary. So that's a lot of the yeah. Remaining but cap I don't space. know how much of that's really going to you know play into things because again, he is a guy that no one really saw any sense to trade for. Although the Giants probably tipped their hand too much and everybody knew that they just cut them if they just sat pat. But I, you might be able to get that number to come down a little bit. He, you know, it's later in the in the free agency process. He became a free agent super late in the process, and he, all it takes is one team to really spend a lot of money and break the bank and, and match that twelve point one million estimated value or or go above it to make sure you sign him. But I don't know. I, I feel like there's going to be at least an opportunity for the Steelers to maybe make an offer that's like ten nine million dollars a year, maybe something a little bit more affordable. But at the same time. We've talked so much about how much money that the Steelers have this offseason, more than they ever really have, and they've spent, but 
they've spent really smartly too. Like they haven't broken the bank on any one specific player. They and haven't, I don't. They haven't re-signed anybody on a big deal yet. So like, maybe you can spend twelve million here. But is, if you, is if you he, think he's worth it, that's the thing. Is that is he the right guy to break? You're not breaking the bank with this move, but in terms of the cap space you have left. You don't. I don't think this is the guy you want to use the majority of your spending money on. No, I don't think you do either. And I also think that it's not dire, right? Like this position is not something that if they don't find another cornerback, they're going to be completely screwed for the start of the season. It's not like they didn't already go out and sign Levi Wallace. Yeah, like they're they're ready to play a game tomorrow if that were to be the case and have starting corners that are NFL caliber. Uh, Levi Wallace and you look at um the contribution that you got from Akello Witherspoon at the end of last season, he really emerged onto the scene. Maybe you're putting a lot of pressure on him by now kind of anointing him as the number 2 corner opposite of Levi Wallace who himself was kind of a number 2 for his entire career. So maybe you're stretching yourself thin a little bit there, but at the same time, like James Bradbury, he won't come in and be a, a legit nailed-on number one corner. If he was, somebody would have traded the Giants for him. There would have been interest in trying to grab that uh, player with trade capital, and that wasn't the case. So I, it's not exactly like we're talking about going out and getting the prime Patrick Peterson to come in and play cornerback, but does fit the mold as far as age is concerned. Right. He's a little bit older than everybody else, but at 28 years old, that's not terrible. No, it's not, and I'm glad you went that direction because the other guy that you've heard a lot surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers about bringing in as a potential additional corner is a guy who's already been on the team for the past four or five years is Joe Hayden. Yeah, he's weird. He's still out there. Still out there. Older than anyone already in the locker room. Older than Bradbury. But would you be more comfortable signing Joe for less money then you would have to spend on Bradbury. Joe knows the system already. He's a he's a he's a 100% leader of this defense, leader of this team. That's something that the Steelers really care about. There's I don't, two ways to look at it. Yeah, I don't know like what their thought process is when it comes to Joe. Like, are they in an open dialogue with him? Is Joe kind of just holding pat and maybe waiting for a camp injury to show up or? Maybe some team that did not get a good draft pick at the cornerback spot. Maybe now they need some help, and they're going to swoop in and get a veteran like Joe Hayden. I, I don't know why his market is so soft. If it is, why he's holding out and waiting so long. If he is, it's a big mystery behind him. And you don't really see much reporting about Joe Hayden because, to be quite honest with you, he's kind of in the middle of the pack when it comes to these guys now. Right. You know, there's a lot more notable names out there still on the free agency uh, wire that you know surpassed Joe Hayden as far as click appeal is on social media and star power is concerned. Joe was there at one point, but you know he's 33 years old. This is guy that's sure. now become the veteran, um, the veteran presence that a a contender needs, not the star in his prime that any team could. It's very confusing to me that Joe is still out there, but I thought he would be the taken either him or Trey Wayans as far as that uh, position was concerned, seemed to be the best two still out there. But now when Bradbury gets thrown into the equation, I think it, it bumps him down the totem pole a little bit because he's younger, he's probably got a little bit more still, and, and I, I think that 
if he needs a cornerback, the first thing that they're going to line up for now first is is Bradbury. And again, maybe that's a good thing for the Steelers because it can push Joe Hayden's number down. It can push the interest in Joe Hayden down. And when Bradbury eventually signs, it subtracts a team that needed a corner cornerback from the list of teams that Joe Hayden is looking at. So the point of maybe Joe Hayden's the guy that you bring back, I, I don't know how the Steelers feel about that, but I'm not going to just punt on it and say that it's not a possibility. I would say out of the three guys out there, top of the cornerback, whatever, totally put it, I would say I would be most comfortable bringing in Joe Hayden. Mm, the oldest the one. The oldest. Well, first of all, I don't know exactly. How old is Joe Hayden? Do we know? 33. 33. So it's significantly older. However, Trey Wayne's, Trey Wayne's 29. Right? Bradbury's turning, 28. Turning 30, 30 this 30. summer. I don't know if uh, Bradbury is getting is turning another year. He's already he's either twenty eight or twenty nine. He'll be under thirty at least when you start the season. But Wayne's is already over is going to be at that thirty mark. I just think when you consider everything and, and with the direction the team seems to be going, making the smarter move, not necessarily the splasher move, it could be considered a splasher move. I mean, this is a guy Joe Hayden who it was assumed that he wasn't going to be on the team last year. And then he came back. And the same thing happened this year. Why can't it be the same? Right? Remember when we were predicting the, the locker room depth chart or Ross, final roster for each position, and we were looking at the cornerbacks, and we were saying, okay, well, it seems like Steve Nelson is a lock to stay. Yeah. And the combination of Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton, and Joe Hayden, where are the Steelers going to go with for those three guys? Because you're not going to bring back all three. Well, they brought back two, and they didn't bring back Steve Nelson. It was a complete 180 on what we thought the Steelers would actually do or finish with as as part of their final roster heading into the regular season. Joe Hayden, though, was someone that we consistently said, Mike Hilton and Camp Sutter are these two young guys. Why not continue to bring them in, develop them, build them into your system along with Steve Nelson and kind of say, well, Joe Hayden at the time was 32. He's getting Older and older as time goes on, it may be time to part ways. That wasn't the case. They brought back Joe. We're having the same discussion this year. I don't see why it's so outlandish of us to say, just do it again another year for 2022. Yeah, and I don't think, again, you're going to have to break the bank. No, I I don't think think so either. Somebody that's going to be very affordable for you to bring in. And like you said, he understands the role and he understands the, uh, the defense already. But then the question becomes... You know, do you really need a true number one cornerback? Because even if Joe Hayden comes back, you ain't going to get that. Hell, even if you do sign James Bradbury or Trey Waynes, you're not going to really have that true number one cornerback. You're going to have, I would say, probably two. Say you do bring Hayden back or Bradbury. You're going to have two legit number twos in Wallace and either one of those two. And then kind of a fringy number two, definite number three in Akella Witherspoon. And, and, of you course, you can't forget guy. the X factor of Cam yeah. Sutton in the slot, right. who's a really, really good slot player. But is that serviceable for a defense to have a couple of twos, a fringe two-three, and a good slot guy? Or do you kind of need that number one type corner in today's NFL when receivers are better than they've ever been? Well, who are you going to get? That's because... the thing. You're not. So <laughs> stupid hypothetical, I guess, because you're going to have to go at it with a couple of number twos. Maybe what I'm saying is I'd feel more confident if you threw just another one in the mix, whether it's Bradbury, Waynes, or, or Hayden. 
Right, like, rather I, than I, just going with, with none right of them. now, having just Witherspoon and Wallace, and then maybe Pierre jumps in to the outside. I agree with you. I don't think yeah. it's smart to move to move forward into the regular season, or maybe even into training camp, without one of those three guys. You need, I think, one more additional piece, and I think the one that makes the most sense is Joe Hayden. Yeah, and again, the Steelers love to just bring back those familiar players, you know, and. It's not like they're bringing back some familiar player just on some like uh, whatever deal play on the practice squad and and you know you know our system so you know how Tomlin likes to run practices like right. he's not even at that point yet if you're Joe Hayden but I just feel like you know yeah this team loves to bring back guys that kind of know what the coaches are expecting of them and Joe Hayden fits that mold, obviously, better than Bradbury or Waynes. And when you look at the age discrepancy, that's the only thing that really comes to mind between a Hayden and a Bradbury. I guess the, the cost might as well, but 33 going on 34 for Hayden versus 28 going on 29 for Bradbury. I mean, that's five years in the NFL. That's it is. a long, long time. However, you could say that Bradbury in four years only made one Pro Bowl so mm. far. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hayden has been, out of any of these three guys, Hayden's career has been by far the best. Right. Like, if you could go into a time machine and pick either one of these three guys in their prime, Hayden's head and shoulders above all of them. Hayden's in his prime, one of the ten, maybe even creeping towards the top five of, of corners in the NFL. And this is going back to his time, you know, in Cleveland when he was just a one-man show out there. So, like, no question about like the the pedigree and the track record. It's it's Hayden by a mile with these guys, but that's the problem with Hayden, and that's the reason why he's not on the team right now. Like if Joe Hayden was twenty nine going on thirty, I it'd be a no brainer. Strongly, they'd sign him to a two or three year yeah. deal for a decent amount of change. But thirty three going on thirty four at the position that you need to be the fastest at right. the position where you're constantly reacting to some of the best athletes in the world who know what route they're going to run. You have no idea what's going to happen. You have to just react every single time. You have to be fast enough to do that and strong enough to hold some monsters like DK Metcalf you know, off of their routes. That's probably where you know, there's a little bit of nervousness for the Steelers because even though he did a good job last year at age 32 going on 33. I think he's done a great job. You just really. don't know when the wheels are going to fall off at that position and – Unlike some other positions, if the wheels fall off there, it is devastating because you're going to get cooked and cooked hard. And maybe Burn. that only lasts a, a game and then you adjust. You're going to get torched in and probably a game you're going to lose. Especially in this day and age of the NFL, when receivers are putting up numbers that you really haven't seen before, not just at the top, but you have about 10 guys or so that can really burn you. And on any given day, no matter who they're going up against, the, the the NFL just favors the wide receivers. Absolutely. Especially when the deep ball is thrown and there's pass interference calls being made. It's been clear that the NFL favors the receiver in that battle. And, yeah, if Joe Hayden continues to slow down. However, that seems to be the only thing that I really could be negative about because I think since he's arrived in Pittsburgh, he's been pretty consistent in his coverage game. But your coverage game relies so heavily on your ability to to keep up with the receiver's speed. And when he's getting older and he's getting slower, obviously that coverage will dwindle. But when he's able to keep up, I think he does a pretty good job. Yeah, and if he's able to keep up, he's worth it. And that that's something you're not going to know, though, unless you try it, right? Like, even if you bring him into training camp, 
and he's doing a good job against Claypool and Pickens and Deontay, and he's keeping up there. I mean, who's to say that that's just, you know, fresh legs, right? And then come week six, week seven, when you're in the dog days of the season, who's to say that those fresh legs aren't going to start to turn to more buttery legs? And, yeah, you were the Joe Hayden that we knew knew and loved for the first couple weeks of the season, but as, you know, wore on and the weather gets colder and you've been hitting week after week, Things can change. Things can start to take our toll. Like with the great players, and I think you could call Joe Hayden great at one point in his career. Oh, they, absolutely. They never like not. They never stop being great. Like Joe Hayden can still give you great coverage every once in a while, but it's the consistency that fades away with those kind of players. It's the ability to do it every single game that fades away. And again, you're not going to know that about Joe unless you actually give him the shot. And I just don't know if the, if the Steelers are playing chicken with other teams around the NFL to give him that shot. Or if they've seen him up close and personal better than, more than anybody in the league for the past half decade, and they just kind of know that it's not going to go well this season. It's it's all speculative. Yeah, we have no right, idea. of course. We have no idea. And it's not the worst position to be in, though. No, like I said, the room is kind of solid-ish. I mean, you still would like to probably have one more guy in the fold, but it's not dire straits which is comfortable if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. The other position that I want to talk about, though, is a little bit dire to me. And I look around the rest of the roster, and cornerback is obviously the one that jumps out, and safety, too, you can throw in there as well. as Yeah, as but the, the starters are They're a lot all more there. solid. Yeah, well, the starter at this position I'm going to talk about is maybe the most solid on the team, but it's the person behind them that it's you have the big people, questions It's the people, not about. just the ones. It's, the it's everybody else. I think they still got to go out and do something about that running back room. Yeah. I think they need somebody to be able to come in and spell Najee. Uh, all the guys that we've talked about in the past are still available at that position. Uh, guys like Tariq Cohen, guys like David Johnson, guys like Philip Lindsay, guys like Carlos Hyde. You know, these are all veteran players that maybe their career has moved on from them a little bit, and they are trying to just capture onto a team, maybe a year or two, be a backup still catch a paycheck, and still get to play in the NFL. Uh, Tariq Cohen, the guy I listed there, might be the outlier to that because he is 26 years old. Philip Lindsay's 27 as well. But guys like Carlos Hyde and David Johnson at age 31 and 30, they just seem to fit that mold perfectly, at least on paper. You don't know in their head what is going on. If they're going to, You can either be a LeGarrette Blunt or you can be a D'Angelo Williams, and you're just not going to know which one those guys are until the season actually gets sure. started and played out. We... Thought we had uh, D'Angelo Williams with Melvin Ingram last year on the defensive side of the ball. He turned out to be a LeGarrette Blunt and thought that he was going to start. And even though the Steelers told him he wasn't, and he didn't, he got salty in the middle of the uh-huh. season. You, you're just not going to know until you actually are faced with a guy realizing my role isn't what I maybe thought it was going to be. Can I accept that role? So you're not going to know with um, David Johnson. You're not going to know with Carlos Hyde about their roles, you know what I mean, until they accept it and they play through the season. But, I mean, I would take a shot on either of those guys. Those two names run laps around Benny Snell as far as a backup oh, is concerned. Oh, well, I don't think that's hard to do. And I think the at the, where the Steelers are in a more advantageous position than they are for the cornerback, finding that next guy or the additional guy, is that I think there are a lot more options at running back availability in free agency than there are at quarterback. Yeah, especially for the running back you're looking for. Right, you're like, not looking for your Najee Harris. Yeah, with the cornerback, whoever you sign, 
If you sign Bradbury, if you sign Waynes, if you sign Hayden, he's probably going to start a couple games. He's going to start. Yeah, he has. He's going to compete for number one too. Right. Like when they, all, all three of those guys are going to be in a competition for number one when you start training camp. Whereas uh, you sign David Johnson, he's number two. He knows it. He knows his role. There should be no mystery about that. You're behind a top five running back in the NFL right now. So I do think they have a little bit more options here at that running back room for sure, but mainly because the role that they'd be asking of any running back that they sign is so much significantly less than, say, any of the roles they'd ask a Hayden or a Bradbury to serve in the cornerback. Absolutely. And I don't want to, you know— say that this is all doom and gloom if they don't sign a running back. Like, I don't want to say or give the impression to people that, oh, if we go into the season with Benny Snell, you might as well just throw your hands up in the air because it's over. There's no chance that the Steelers are going to be able to be anything with him at running back. He'll probably get, like, four carries a game if that's the case, and you'll just work Najee into the ground all year long. And and that's kind of the thing that I'm worried about and the thing that I'm trying to, you know, avoid here is is working him into the ground too much because – with Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, whoever's going to be the starter, you're going to be a run-first offense. I, I think that's the writing's on the wall there. You you want to ground and pound, kind of be a little bit of a throwback, kind of be a little Tennessee-ish with the way that you run your offense, where you're you're We're not just Pittsburgh Steelers-ish of the, of the past. I mean, yeah, like right. of today's day and age, Tennessee's really the only team that follows that mold. Even they don't do it like the teams used to do it, but like. Run first is such a rare thing in the league. Like, can you think of another team other than the Titans that are? I mean, the Browns should be run first, but they, they were not last year. Because of Kevin Stefanski. Uh, maybe the Vikings, but they have so many weapons on the offense that they're kind of balanced. They can't, they can't, they can't be, just be run first. Because they need to throw the, the way ball that the Cleveland Browns are set up where they have Nick Chubb and uh, the I'm blanking Kareem on. Hunt. Kareem Hunt. The, the Vikings have the option of going with Dalvin Cook, but they have Thielen and have Jefferson. Wide receivers, It'd be yeah. such malpractice to neglect those two guys. So it's very rare that you see a team that's run first these days, but I think the Steelers are going to be that team. And if that's the case, come week 16, week 17, week 18, playoffs potentially, playoffs, you're going to want Najee Harris as fresh as possible it's impossible to be 100 percent certified rotten tomatoes fresh because <laughs> you're at the end of the season but you want him to be able to find a gear in week 18 to get you yeah. into the playoffs you to in the wild card game find that extra gear and guess what? i think That's... this year he kind of got you saw him get hurt in that game maybe because and you saw his first fumble in that game right maybe because i've been carrying the rock more than anybody in the NFL for this season, but and you, I had no help. You also did see him two weeks prior have his best game of the season, of his rookie career, uh, against Cleveland. That last home game, he yeah, ran for right. two That's touchdowns, 150-plus yards He won Big Ben's final game for him. Right. Like, he was the straw that stirred that drink. But then you saw in Kansas City, maybe, he, may, maybe you know, pushing so hard in that final game, or set, penultimate game of the regular season, then you saw in the Ravens game, eh, not the best. And then in the Chiefs game, he has his first fumble of the season. So, like, I don't know. It, it, obviously, I'm not, you know, criticizing the way that his season no, ended because he you don't was want to. the best player in Pittsburgh, in the Pittsburgh team last year, other than TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. Right. So, on the offensive side of the ball, he was by far the best player. And as far as the future that's the brightest, especially on the offensive side of the ball, he's by far the for Steelers. Uh, offensive football moving forward. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm bashing the guy, but I'm worried that you might run those wheels off a little too early into a season 
And then when it really starts to matter and you need to lean on him, he's not going to be as effective because you didn't have, you know, uh, David Johnson taking 10 carries from him in week five. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like I want a guy to come in and take carries from him. I, but the, I think the it guy, has to happen for to get the best out of Nod. The guy you want to do that it's has to be better than, than Benny Snow or Tony Mack. He, they yeah. just, it just has to. It's part of the deal. If, if I had to choose between running the wheels off of Najee or trying to keep him fresh while running Benny Snell ten times a game, I'd probably lean towards running the wheels off of Najee because you don't like what Benny Snell has to offer. However. If you replace Benny Snell with someone like David Johnson, then I'm all like, give him yeah. the ball, give yeah. him the ball ten times. That's fine with me. And I also will trust him. You know, third down, Najee's gassed. David Johnson's going to be able to pick up a blitz. Benny Snell probably. He's been in the league for four years now, so he should. But you'd have the question mark, right? You'd 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 have Absolutely. more worry with him than you would a David Johnson, sure. than you would a Carlos Hyde. Those guys have been around the block, and have been able to do it. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Still a lot of big free agents. I'm not sure if their talent matches their name anymore. But still a lot more uh, free agents to go to different teams around the NFL. So in our next episode, we're going to look at some of the bigger names, the free agents that are still out there, and kind of speculate why they're still out there, and maybe some fits that we see them landing uh, on a team before training camp starts. So that's on the way next. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opferman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Thanks as always, and we'll talk to you next time.